Oh my gosh. You felt like an old man trying to sit down. Good lord, who is the low rider that sits in this? Is this a Ted thing? That is it? Teddy Lame. I think I'm going to give it a try, Ted. Does, is it just like kickback? I think I like it. I think I'm going to go with it, Ted. You, you're a trendsetter. Welcome to the Plank Show. We're coming to you live from the Brown O'Haver Studios. You know what I just realized on this? I can't do this. I'm not as well built as Ted. Like, he looks good whenever you're down this low in this chair. I look like a squatting toad. So Multi-purpose, too. Yeah. He's working the core while he's sitting down yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. He's in much better shape than I am. Um, welcome to the Plank Show. Uh, as Drake wraps up the T-Row in the morning show, Josh Helmer is standing by in the Brown O'Haver studios. I am pretty jacked up about a little soccer action today. I'm not going to lie. Um, I've tied. Uh, tied? I've tried to time everything on the on the road trip today around getting to listen to a little soccer. Had some of the air taken out of the balloon whenever old T-Row in the morning told me that it's basically a TV simulcast, but I don't know how much soccer analysis I can give you or, or, or that you want, if any, but I'm pretty jacked, man. I'm pretty excited about U.S. England today. What's up, Josh? How are you on this Friday? Good morning. How was Thanksgiving, dude? Oh, gosh. Thanksgiving was yesterday. So, it was amazing. I had an amazing Thanksgiving. I'm blessed. I love all of you. It's, it's, I'm so lucky to get to do what I do, uh, and I'm so grateful to have an incredible family, an incredible son, two loving daughters, a, a brother-in-law who is my best friend in life, people that like me. And then you put the whipped cream. Well, hold on. Um, my kids like me. I don't know if my wife, my, my kids and my brother-in-law like me. My, my son and my nephew, Jonathan, like me. Now, I don't know if any of the women in the family like me. That's probably a pretty negative. But, Josh, the whipped cream on top of the pie, the cherry on the sundae, my father-in-law was out of town. I don't know if I've ever been. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seriously, though, at what age – is like a, a grandpa or a dad able to say, peace out, y'all. Uh, you enjoy Thanksgiving. I'm going to go do my thing. I, I got to admit, I was kind of impressed, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think there is an age. I, right? I don't think there's supposed to be. Who, who gets away? Let me ask you this, grandpas out there. How many of you would be like, yeah, no, peace out. I don't want this Thanksgiving with my grandkids. Actually, I shouldn't say anything. That might be mean about 15 years. It's like, gosh, these runts. Yeah, I was actually kind of impressed. No, but uh, in all seriousness, it was a great Thanksgiving. I got to spend... A lot of time with Willie C, and um, that was really cool. We, we were on the road a lot, so I have some takes on how terrible of drivers you people are. Oh, my gosh. So where all did you go? I just went to Tulsa. That was it. We, we went to my sister and brother-in-law's house. Obviously, you know, Matt's been a regular part, at least, of, of my conversations. He got a new golf club. He bought a new hybrid. Bro, I feel like you ever grab someone's baseball bat and back in the day, you're like, this thing's loaded. It's like, what's going on here, man? You're going to hit bombs with this thing. Like, literally, I grabbed this club that he got. I'm like, whoa. And it's a, it's a hybrid. It almost feels like it's got a little extra weight on it. Uh-huh. So we were out kind of practicing the swing. Weather wasn't quite to where you could get out yesterday, uh, nor am I allowed to get out yet. But, yeah, it's 
It was a great day, Josh. I was blessed. It was awesome. How about you? How about day, yours? Day trip for you? Day trip. Yeah, I'm sorry. You had asked where we went. Just just down and back, and it was just awesome, right? We, we got back at a decent hour. I was, I've was i been doing the 5 to 8 a.m. on Mad Dog this week, so that's kind of messes with my schedule a little bit, especially when I threw in 9 to 1 with Arnie on Wednesday night. Uh, which you need therapy after you get done doing four hours of radio with him on Fox Sports Radio. So I didn't get tired. I thought it'd be be gas. I thought it'd be cash. But we got home at a reasonable hour, watched the end of the Egg Bowl and of the Vikings-Patriots game, and crashed, man. It was great. It was awesome. How was yours? And you seem refreshed this morning. I feel great this morning. I thought I'd wake up cranky because I have a a trip to Lubbock in front of me, and uh, somehow Drake and Tom Shores get on the plane while Chris Plank cannot. So that's, you know, that, that, that's a, a, an issue in and of its own. No, I'm just kidding. I'm seriously just kidding about that. But I thought I'd be, like, all bitter and stuff and, and mad about having to drive. And, and But I'm not. No, you're fired up. I'm not, listen, let me tell you. Well, first, your Thanksgiving. It was great. Awesome. It was great. I actually I had a Tulsa trip as well. And oh, then, did, that's right. Girlfriend's family. That's right. Went out to Tulsa, had Thanksgiving there, and then came back, had Thanksgiving with, with my folks. So it was good. So wait, wait, hold on here. Pause a second. So you drove the turnpike yesterday. Oh, yeah. It was a mess. Okay. Um, qu- question. Yes. Back of the class, please. And this is, this is universal. You guys help me out. Now, if you're on the road right now, do not text into the show at 405. Oh, my gosh. I forgot our text. 651-3439. I had to look up at the wall. I almost started to give out one of my friend's numbers at 405-724. No, no. Um, I feel like, number I didn't I didn't see any. Oklahoma Highway Patrol, which kind of surprised me. And I'm not knock on wood, I'm getting ready to travel south today. But if you pull around to pass a car and you've been traveling in the right-hand lane, right? Get around the car and get your slow, pokey backside back over to the other right-hand lane. Don't get over... When you're going the speed limit, little Johnny Law follower, whenever you got dudes like Josh and myself that we're are trying blow- to go, we're blowing and going, man. And remember the rule. I don't know. Does this fit to any police officers that are listening? Nine, you're fine. Ten, you're mine. Right. So I'm blowing 84, and I get someone that's pulling over to pass a truck going up a hill that's going 75. You are the problem, good sir. Stay in your lane. You know the saying: "Stay in your lane." I it. It was magnified to me on the turnpike yesterday. Stay in your lane, people. We had one of those scary moments where oh. somebody literally just did not see us, right? And the worst. They, they were coming over. Right. They were coming over. Boom, slammed on the brakes. It was it was a little freaky. I had two of those. I had two of those. Number one, some aunt in her Honda Civic <laughs> that decided that she needed to get over to the left-hand lane and realized, oh, I'm going a little bit too fast here. I better slam on my brakes in the left-hand lane to get down to the speed limit. I literally almost ate the bed of a truck. I mean, literally, I almost had that for dinner. Probably would have been the end. If it is, love you, dude. And then we get off. Uh, we're doing the exit thing, right? You're coming around that that uh, circle exit from the turnpike yeah, to yeah, get yeah. back onto 30. Uh, is that 35 or is that? Yeah, that's 35, right? When you're coming by Frontier City and stuff, right? Yes. That is a death trap. I'm just telling you right now. People are going, and if they haven't yet, RIP. That is a death trap. And here's why. 
Because now you have people that are blowing uh, from Edmond, like 90 in that left-hand lane, and by God, they don't care if you're trying to merge over or not. They're either going to run you over or cut around the truck that was in that left lane and cut off the dude that's trying to merge onto the highway. My gosh, what are we doing? Exiting off by Frontier City, you're saying? No, no, so, okay, because it's before. It's where, you know, the rebuilding. I spent way too much time on the Turnpike, people. It's a plank show. We're getting to sports, I promise. But where you first, when you get past Frontier City and there's the Loves and I think the, the Flying J yeah. that's, and the parking lot area, when you're coming off that where there used to always be a cop parked and now there isn't. Yeah, on that, what's going on with that? We need one back. I know. Yes! Yes. Now, when you're coming over there and you automatically are dumped onto 35 in that left-hand lane. Mm-hmm. So you, and there's inevitably 86 big trucks that are right there trying to do the same thing. <laughs> So, yeah, I almost ended it there. But I just – just a universal rule, okay? When you get over to pass and things and, – and you get around the car and you're going the speed limit or even slightly above, you don't have to stay there to get around the next car that is far enough ahead that you're backing up everybody but close enough to where no one can whip around you and actually get back to driving. Or just, just gun it and get by Go! everything and then get over drive i and then whenever i get mad about something it's never my fault or it's always my fault well you just need to calm down no i don't the dude in that car needs to go back to driving school and figure out what's going on that was that was one of my dad's like that guy is out for a sunday drive i had a couple of those moments (laughs) that weren't even necessarily driving related Yesterday with the family. Oh, gosh. Well, anyway, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday. Uh, I hope everyone's getting a long holiday weekend. Um, you know what, Kendall? For, blocked. Blocked is this. Blocked. I'm not having that on the pro. I am too good of a mood. And when the first text is, is this a sports show, Kendall, blocked. There you go. First Game one over. of the day. We're 13 minutes into a three-hour show. Who's this a sports show? Yeah, it's a sports show where the host is going to interview Brent Venables at 11.30. Find that somewhere else. Blocked. Now, let's get back to the weather, Josh. No. Um, I had a fun day yesterday, and I hope everyone has this full four-day weekend to enjoy things. Um, I, I know for for us here, at least Josh and I, we've always enjoyed the Friday before Thanksgiving or the Friday after Thanksgiving show because – even with technology the way that it is and shopping changing, uh, a lot of us are stuck and out and about today. Or maybe just, you know, running some errands if it's going to get the Christmas tree, if it's early Christmas, whatever it might be. Putting up lights. Glad you chose the ref to spend your day with. We're going all in on OU Texas Tech. And I spent a lot of time yesterday listening in to the Texas Tech side of things. Spent a lot of time listening to um, Joey McGuire and kind of the mindset, and I, I'm just going to warn you right now that I have consistently been trying to call Texas Tech's offensive coordinator, Zach Hefley. So I'm, I'm warning you right now. Oh, no. Yeah, and it's, it, it's for those who don't know Zach Hefley, cool, cool dude. Love Zach Hefley to death. Long time. Oklahoma video dude and he he made some of the fire videos that you've seen so I constantly will say Zach Hefley when it's Zach Kitley so I'm just I'm calling myself out so you don't have to 
and Zach know you're going to play a major role in today's show. But I was listening to Zach Heffley. I was listening to to Tim Deruto talk, uh, Tim Deruto talk, and man, they. I listen to Brent Venables and I get inspired. I love listening to Jeff Levy and Ted Roof. I'm listening to this Texas Tech coaching staff. Bro, they got some juice now. I think Gabe's nickname for Joey McGuire is Joey Juice, and I don't know if that's a universal thing or not. And McGuire's a little bit more laid back, but, man, they – Kitley's a little bit more of kind of that, that nerdy type, a little bit quiet, but Deruder, you can tell he's been a head coach before. I bring it all up to say this. Texas Tech's and, – and this has been the case for, I want to say, the last couple of years from – Matt's teams to this team, it seems like they're a really well-coached team. And I think later in the Cliff Kingsbury era at Texas Tech, and I think you're starting to see some of it now, uh, I, I don't know if, if Cliff Kingsbury had that kind of universal approach, you need to coach him. Is he a great offensive mind? You bet. Absolutely. Put him as an offensive coordinator. Uh, what's the joke that's already started for so many people? Alabama offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury, right? It's... <laughs> Which is scary when you think about it. But the point is, you see a team here where maybe even when they had Patrick Mahomes and Kiki Cutie and, oh, my gosh, just the, the, the bevy, bevy of playmakers that Texas Tech always seemed to have, guys that maybe didn't even pan out in the NFL, but they were always getting yards on you. And they would make mistakes. They couldn't play defense. They didn't tackle. They didn't cover. All these things that you watch like, oof. It's just not a well-coached football team. I feel like in what I've seen, and and Matt started this in his first year, Coach Matt Wells, and then all, and I know they didn't have the overall success that obviously Tech fans wanted, and I get that. But I feel like you're seeing a well-coached team. And here's the stat. All right, well, you know, when we come back, I don't have my computer out. I'm, I went to go to my computer, and it's sitting in my bag. But when we come back, there is one stat on Texas Tech that that magnifies how well-coached they are, and it doesn't appear as if they're the kind of team that's going to make a lot of mistakes. So you're going to have to play well and execute because they're not a team that's going to make mistakes. It's 917. I'll lay that stat out next. It's uh, it's an open Friday. It's a football Friday. We had games last night. Uh, I thought three really good games in the NFL. The Egg Bowl was pretty good. Now, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't spend as much time on the Egg Bowl as I thought I would. It's a little bit disappointing. I know right in a college football show, but kind of the Vikings and the Patriots had me, and I couldn't get away from it. I don't know why. It was like, they've got me. I'm in this right now. I wasn't committed to either. I was back and forth so much. It was uh, So you can help me out in understanding some of the things that apparently I missed from the Egg Bowl. Sure, probably. College football nerds on Twitter were acting like it was the most amazing thing they've ever seen in their life. (laughs) And then I turn it on, and it's like a pass interference piddly. I'm like, what do we I'm, just because there's one football game doesn't mean you guys have to act like you've never watched football before? Who are you, Mark Schlereth, covering the Broncos? Is a three yard gain the hardest, strongest run you've ever seen in your life? Get it together, people! My gosh, people, having a meltdown of my proportions today. So we'll get to the uh, we'll get to the Egg Bowl, we'll get to the NFL, um, and when we come back, a number that really blew me away as, uh, as far as Texas Tech is concerned. Next, right here on the ref. Do you know that I? Um, you know what I did notice, though, yesterday? Welcome into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh. I'm Plank. Yes, we're live all day today as we count down to our OU Texas Tech coverage live from Lubbock tomorrow. Um, 
I think yesterday, being uh, and and this isn't this isn't like trying to sound braggy or anything, but I, I don't I don't know if I've really just sat and watched like one game that's not a Raiders game because I'm so tuned into Red Zone, man. On Sundays, it's really ruined like my regular viewing. And Monday Night Football, obviously, uh, and I'm working during Sunday Night Football. But it was the first time I really had a chance to kind of sit down and listen to, to Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. I, it's like, it's a, it's, I feel like I'm watching a broadcast of the two team on Fox. And I never thought it, about it like that. But I think knowing that I'm sitting around and watching the fourth quarter of Arizona and San Francisco on Monday Night Football, and I'm, and I'm reacting to – what Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are saying, and it kind of feels bigger. I think I kind of felt that a little bit yesterday. Their move, I I don't know that I even felt that way about Joe and Troy until they moved. (laughs) And now just them on Monday Night Football, it's like, oh, yeah, this this is a big deal. Okay, all right. No, it was – I brought this up to Josh during the break. I don't know in the history of ever if there has been an event that has been promoted – to the extent that the U.S. England match today was promoted during Fox's coverage of the NFL yesterday. I would love to see a promo count on that because I felt like every commercial break had it. Kevin Burkhart did 500 reads. I don't forget tomorrow. Wide open. Meanwhile, there's like three guys. I'm just Wide open. Yeah. There's like four guys standing right there. What are you looking at, man? Yeah, by the way, has anybody noticed to Plank's point right there every time somebody catches the football on a kevin burkhart broadcast wide open they're wide open bro did you see the shot of the booth you know i thought we had a lot of people in our booth oh man there's like 25 people the, the, there. the fox booth was like the nbc sunday night football desk i mean i'm like what are all those dudes up there for anyway um but yeah the u.s england game if it doesn't set broadcast records today, it sure as heck wasn't from a lack of promotion. And I'm not complaining about it. I mean, I think that's really cool. That's what entities should do, right? When you have a product that you're very proud of, you want to make sure that people see it. When you have a product that you spend a lot of money on, like Fox and on the World Cup, promote the heck out of it. So, NFL football, fantastic. Be going up, uh, what, head-to-head with Baylor, Texas? That's right. At least for for a blip on that radar. Uh yeah, that's 11 a.m. Is that the kick for Baylor and Texas coming up here in a bit? ESPN and then uh, Arkansas, Missouri. When was the last time we had a, sh- a game on during the show? I feel like... I'm not- I mean, outside of soccer. I mean, college football. I've, was it like last Black oh, Friday? Oh, it had to have been. I, I yeah. mean, sure, we've had a baseball game on maybe every now and then. I feel like we had a big tennis event or you know we've definitely had golf right golf has been on no i yeah it's it's got to have been a year it's got to have been a year so we've got baylor and texas today and we'll be keeping you live well we'll be keeping you updated with live and we will be providing play-by-play on it i'm going to turn it on the tv (laughs) and then i'm going to rebroadcast without express written consent of the big 12 conference everything that happens thank you you understood that joke there's other people out there that are like uh what? Okay. So it's a fun. We got a lot 
as far as things that are going on on this program today. But Josh, I got to tell you something. There was a stat that absolutely blew my mind with Texas Tech this past, uh, not just this past weekend, but in general when it comes to the matchup on Saturday for OU. Okay? Here we go. It's from their game notes. One penalty last week for Texas Tech. One. They have only been flagged 62 times this season. Now, you do the math. That's 11 games. 5K of the 1.6. They're, they're smart. And I'm sure there's been a couple of like eight penalty games maybe in there to bloat that number a bit. But it's the second lowest number of penalties and resulting yardage through 11 games dating back to 2000 for the Red Raiders. I don't think ever, but for the Red Raiders. It dated back to the 2000 squad. So their penalty yardage, uh, does NCAA keep that, or is that one of those on CFB stat? There you go, fewest penalty yards. So they have 498 penalty yards this year, which has them right in the top 30. Yeah, just outside the top 30. 35. Yeah. Now, I, I bring that up because a new coach, you know, taking over, that can sometimes lead to some mistakes. And, yeah, there you go. Three of the top ten least penalized teams in the country are the service academies. Navy is one. Air Force is three. Better shape up West Point. Army is ten. How about Oklahoma State in there at seven? But Oklahoma State's got a head coach who's been doing it forever, and he's got his culture installed, and they're rolling. I just, I don't know, Josh. With a relatively, you know, inexperienced coaching staff, right? I mean, don't – Kitley is – hey, I didn't call him Zach Heffley. Kitley is a, a first-year Power 5 offensive coordinator, but with Tim DeRuiter on defense. I, and, and with as much as Texas Tech has struggled historically defensively, I don't know, man. Just a team that doesn't seem to shoot itself in the foot very often. So, you're not – now, they'll turn the ball over, but from a shoot-themselves-in-the-foot from a penalty perspective, Josh, this is a team that looks like they're pretty smart as far as that's concerned this year. Looks like it. We'll find out. Well, and really it's kind of what Oklahoma is because Oklahoma's had 63 penalties in 11 games. <laughs> right. So, I know that, what, there's a 22-spot difference between the two – but uh, I mean, it's just uh, just the one penalties difference between the two. So. so okay, hold on a second. What's the what's the total penalty yardage for Oklahoma? Gotcha. Yeah, that's the okay. difference. It's five seventy five. Do you know what the total penalty yard difference is between those two? It's like four ninety eight to five seventy five, and Tech has just one less flag than Oklahoma has on this season. Translation, Oklahoma's penalties have been right around the same number. Apparently they've been a little bit more damning as far as the yardage side is concerned. Pass interference, unless, holding. Unless there is a 80-yard uh, penalty out there somewhere that we, uh, that, we haven't, that we haven't been able to take note of. Oh, you got called for an 80-yard penalty? Wow, that is something. Long story short, we expect Texas Tech to hypothetically, theoretically, not shoot itself in the foot a bunch tomorrow with penalties that's that's kind of my take with with penalties now they they have been known and in the two games where texas tech 
just really struggled. They turned the ball over quite a bit. And, again, when you look at the, I think, the overall number as far as turnover margin is concerned for Texas Tech, it's not one of those jaw-dropping type numbers. But they've where they've got themselves in trouble is whenever they have the, the turnover bug that incessantly bites. Maybe they're a little bit lower. I thought they were like 55 in overall turnovers in, in the country. Um, turnover margin, I guess I should say. But they're – they're usually pretty – they've been okay about not necessarily getting too carried away with both the penalties and the turnovers. But they're not forcing a lot of turnovers either. So there's the negative in that they're not going to make – or excuse me, the positive in that it doesn't appear outside of a couple of games that they got two uh, sideways on turnovers. But then in the same – there it goes. Um, they've only gained 13 turnovers the entire season, right? Wow, that's it? That's it. That's so, terrible. And as far as turnovers gained or concern, let's see here. There's only a handful of teams. One, two, one, two three, four, five, six. Seven. There's only like seven or eight teams that have forced fewer uh, than Texas Tech this season. Oh, there's a run of 12. I apologize. There's about nine or ten teams that have forced fewer. So they'll, they'll give it to you. They'll give it to you. They're minus ten in the overall margin. But that's a little bit whack because there was a few. I think they had five in one game. Where was the game where Tyler Shuck threw an out and you're just like, oh, my gosh, bless his heart. I think that was the Baylor game. Tyler Shuck, who now is suddenly a superhero, throws an out and gets a pick six. So they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot with penalties. But you, you might be able to turn them over a little bit come Saturday. So two keys, I think to keep an eye on. Can the Sooners avoid the big penalties that Texas Tech has been really good this season of not having called on them? And then in that, Tanoga, right? Tech's not going to force a lot of turnovers, but they'll they'll give you the football. They're, and again, that number skewed a bit because they had two big turnover games, but when they've been bad, they give you the football. So I think those are natural ones right those are kind of natural keys but turnovers penalties it seems really magnified when you just look at the overall numbers between the two teams which by the way if i've learned nothing this morning it's this go ahead football is a strange game because we're led to believe that penalties right very very important (laughs) right you know who's uh top 20 fewest penalty yards nationally oh that's right that's (laughs) northwestern at 19th you know who's uh let's see here Top 23 nationally, oh, that's number 23, Nebraska, fewest penalty yards. You know who's top 33? Oh, that's that's number 33, Colorado, who's awful. <laughs> Trying to tell me that you think not committing a lot of penalties does not necessarily equal victories? I'm saying if you're bad, you might still be bad. All right, I got one other angle that I think is big for OU tomorrow, and then we'll, uh, we'll open it up for you. Hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Um, 405-651-3439. And we're going to hear from Joey McGuire a little bit later on in the program. Got a lot of sound from the coach in his press conference. And, uh, by the way, Texas Tech does kind of what Oklahoma does, where they have weekly meetings with their defensive and offensive coordinators. So we'll share a little bit of that to you. So when we come back, we talked about a key there. Texas Tech doesn't commit a lot of penalties. They'll give it to you. But if you protect the football, that can be an area where you can take advantage of them. Where, to me, is the biggest key tomorrow? 
where to me is the place where I think Oklahoma can have the most success. We'll get into it next right here on The Ref. All right, here's my other note, and then I'll quit boring you with details, and we'll give you guys the show. 405-651-3439. Thoughts, takes, ideas of key stories for Saturday. Love to hear from you. Um, I think Saturday's pretty important, too, from a fan perspective and a fan confidence perspective because let's not just carry over. Or, excuse me, let's not just celebrate getting bowl eligible, right? Hey, beat Oklahoma State. I, I want to see this team carry over momentum. How important is that to you? And what do you need to see? There is nothing, and I mean nothing, Josh Helmer, that anybody can do between now and the final whistle of the Texas Tech game that will have anybody within the Sooner Nation saying, hey, good season. You know, they, they got we want. I, I, we, everyone gets it. But is there – and I've got a few of these written down for hour two. Is there something that could continue to round that optimism up? And what could you see that would curve it the other way? Just, I want to take care of our negative people that listen to this show too. It doesn't all have to be positive, Josh. <laughs> That's right. Let's be fair. <laughs> Let's be fair about it. Well, I – Defensively, if you're good again, right? Right. If we can continue to see strides defensively, I think the last month has been largely good, save for the Baylor game. And again, I've said it plenty of times here. Offensively, turnovers didn't necessarily put you in a great spot at times, right? Throughout exactly. the Baylor game, and that's not to excuse not keeping the Bears out of the end sure. zone, but that's just the reality of that. So, largely the past month, good defensively. Go do that again on the road. That would be that'd be. Point number one, right? Yeah, offensively, I think so too. offensively. Let's see four quarters, right? Saw a great start, saw an outstanding first quarter, and then I don't know what happened offensively for the next three. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I guess captain obvious, but defense probably number one. Defense continues to play well, <laughs> and then if you could make it a complimentary performance to end the season on a two-game winning streak, would have people feeling better about the way things are happening. But here's a place tomorrow that I think the Sooners can continue to make bread. Is that the kids still say that? Sure. Get that that money and make bread. Butter that bread? Their running game, and Eric Gray specifically, is just – it's one of the coolest stories of this year. And I know – listen, I know, I know, I know. I doubt a few of them yesterday. There's still those cynical people that are like, I can't wait till it's Javante Barnes. You may be right. Javante Barnes looks awesome. Protect football, Javante Barnes, but he looks awesome. But there, everything you could have asked for or wanted from Eric Gray, he has given you, right? Everything. The Sooners as a team are number one in the Big 12 running the football, they're 13th in the country. And among Power 5 teams running the football, they are 7th at 217 yards per game. Eric Gray, 7 100-yard outings, 4 of the last 5. He's 2nd in the Big 12 and 14th nationally at 100 and, well, let's round it up, 10 yards per contest. He has moved into 18th. Think about this for a moment. Think about all the great running backs Oklahoma 
has had in its history. And well before Mike Leach came on campus in 1999, whenever the air raid was implemented, we've seen right the adjustments with. I don't need. I'm not trying to give a history lesson here, but you know the Kevin Wilson coming in with the run game, that what Josh Heupel did with it, and obviously Lincoln's offense being a little bit more based in the run than anyone I think truly ever realized. Now Jeff Levy comes in, and you think that same thing, right? Spread it, space the old Baylor off, spread it, throw it out. But as a team, as we mentioned, Oklahoma is top 20 in the country rushing. But I digress. Think about all the great running backs from the wishbone era. I know fewer games, right? Fewer games in the wishbone era. Think, Josh. Think about this. This is one of the top 20 single-season rushing performances in Oklahoma Sooner football history that we are witnessing. He's at 1,100 yards in 10 games, which is the fastest by Sooner since 2004 when Adrian Peterson did it in eight, and he's not, I don't foresee, and I don't remember, do bowl game numbers count on career numbers? You know, Major League Baseball is that stupid thing. Oh, yeah, they would. Okay, good, good. Now, he's probably not going to reach Samaje Pirines. Oh, no, no, he will. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Math, math, math. The last Sooner to reach 1,200 yards was Samaje Pirine in, in 11 games or fewer. And Gray needs 50 yards, 50 yards between these final two games to move into the top 15. And, Josh, if he runs for 140 yards or more over these last two games, bro, Eric Gray is putting together a top 10 single-season performance in Oklahoma Sooner football history. 140. That's all he needs in these final two games. One. 40. Well, he's probably going to get there Saturday. Guys, when are we going to give him his shine? I feel like, I'm, listen, this isn't week two of the season, so I, I'm not trying to be too dramatic. But for those of you that are still not necessarily in that group, bro, he he gave you a big fat L so far this season. And we're going to see a guy that's going to play on Sunday. He's going to get that senior bowl invite. They're going to love his versatility. He went from being someone that, and again, I just wrote about him for Boyd Street. That is it fair to say it could be considered a, a disappointment last year? I think that's fair. Absolutely. R- relative to what the potential expectations were. Right. Yes. And look, he's been he's been great. He he has been easily Oklahoma's best player. Yeah. Easily. Oh yeah. So I bring all of that up to say that. In no shock to anybody, Texas Tech is not very good when it comes to stopping the run. Now, they're better than some of the Texas Tech football teams we've seen come to Norman, but it's still a defense that is very, very vulnerable to the run. Tech, as far as numbers are concerned, is allowing 162 yards rushing per game, and that is good still. uh, They're 67th in the country. Pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. 83rd in the country. They struggle stopping the run. Now, you might say, but Oklahoma struggled stopping the run, too. I feel good about the momentum that Oklahoma has going on against the run. I feel good about that. Texas Tech, on the other hand, had a good offensive performance last week, but it was against a very offensively challenged football team. So, anyway, it's um, 
I know it's not necessarily breaking news. I know it's not shocking. But Oklahoma should be able to go out there and run the football all over Texas Tech this weekend. In the meantime, we'll watch and see if Eric Gray can move into the top 10 of individual rushing seasons in an Oklahoma Sooner uniform, joining the likes of Greg Pruitt, Samaj P. Ryan, Steve Owens, Billy Sims, Adrian Peterson. And if he gets 1344 or more, he would surpass Mike Gaddis. Which it's interesting because many of my friends feel like Mike Gaddis is one of the more underappreciated Oklahoma Sooners that we've that we've seen. So it'd almost be fitting that you would have a guy in Eric Gray. Um, and then a dude in Mike Gaddis that he would surpass. But uh, back, back, history aside, Josh, lessons about numbers, I just really feel like that's an area where Oklahoma can truly, truly make some consistent gains all season long. I really do. All right, no, no, excuse me. All afternoon long and evening long. They've done it all season long. Now, all evening in Lubbock, I think they flat out run the football all over them if they want on Saturday. You think? Agree? Disagree? Absolutely. I think that they should. If they're going to win this game, that's going to be a key ingredient of how they win it. Is Eric Gray's going to have a monster day? Maybe uh, one of these other running backs uh, as well chipping in a little bit. And they take care of the football in that department. Chris Rich, 316, is the first one. In fact, it was – I don't know. Do you want me to give you that full name, Chris? You want to give yourself another Air Comfort Solutions text name? From the 316 maybe? Is that where it's from? Well, I mean, it's oh, okay, four hundred five area code, but right. three one six. What is it? Is it three one six Wichita? Yeah. Oh, look You're at you! Do- doggone right, it is. He writes, "I accept my L. I was wrong about Eric Gray through the first four games. He has been special. I mean, it's it's pretty cool to see what he is doing this year. I mean, it really is. Twelve hundred. And what's that total number that I had on him? 1,201 yards on the season. I mean, it's just – it's impre- it's incredible. It really is. All right, quick break. Wow, it's 9.51 already. Where did this show go? All right, the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. I think the Sooners can run the ball. I think they can force some turnovers. But they're not going to see Tech make a lot of mistakes. Now, again, like we said, they'll turn the ball over – but not at the massive numbers that it would appear. They had a five-turnover game. I think it was six-turnover game in there that really kind of skewed those overall numbers. But Oklahoma hasn't really protected football that much over the last couple of weeks. That, I still can't believe that Braden Willis fumble. That's wild to me. But we'll get into it. We'll break it all down with you next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.